For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's happening, BBN? Welcome into the debut episode of the Believe in Kentucky podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. My name is Vinny Hardy. Super excited to be here. Excited to have this opportunity to be the host of the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Going to have a lot of fun going forward as we get these next episodes coming down the pipe. I did the teaser episode about a week and a half ago. So if you listen to that, kind of gave you a preview of what's coming. We're definitely, of course, going to talk Kentucky Wildcast. That's going to be the foundation, the center of this entire podcast. And then we'll get to, you know, other Kentucky stuff that kind of, you know, happens in the state. We got a lot of interesting guests that'll be coming up and some other interesting things coming down the pipe as well. So going to have a lot of fun. Appreciate you taking time out of your afternoon, evening, morning, whatever time of day or night it is to listen. Definitely, definitely appreciate it. We're going to talk a little NFL draft on this episode. Going to talk about the SEC Network straight up tripping as well. So we'll get to that. But first, just kind of get you a little bit of background uh, about myself as the host so you kind of know, you know, who will be coming to you each and every week. Uh, Like I said, my name is Vinny Hardy. I was born and raised in southeastern Kentucky, in Harlan County, Kentucky. For those that know, well, obviously, you, you know where I'm talking about, you know, right there where Kentucky, Tennessee, and Virginia all kind of come together. Uh, it's right there in the mountains, the heart of Appalachia, cold country. Uh, a lot of people from outside the state, you know, might think of Lexington or Louisville. You think of the rolling hills, you think of the horse farms, you think of the western part of the state. Uh, you think more farmland is more flat. Well, I'm from right there in the heart of the mountains. Uh, lived in the town of Cumberland till I was about five. Moved to Lynch, which is about five miles away from Cumberland, uh, and grew up, born and raised there in Lynch, Kentucky. Went to Cumberland High School, graduated in 1996. Yeah, I've been around for a little while. I'm 42 years old. Um, our little neck of the woods there in Harlan County, a lot of good athletes have come from there. Uh, Freddie Maggard uh, played quarterback for Cumberland High School, went on to play quarterback at the University of Kentucky. Uh, George Massey was more my age bracket, a little bit younger than Freddie. We're there kind of together. He played defensive tackle for Kentucky there in the 90s. Lewis Morris was another great athlete. He's the father of Macy Morris, who just finished her career for the Kentucky women's basketball team. Paul Gaffney from Benham, the town there in between Lynch and Cumberland, went on to play uh, many years for the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, Joey and Kelly Morris, uh, twins, great basketball players there for the Cumberland Ladies Kings under Coach John Bond. Uh, Anthony Ravazzi went on to go to Moorhead State University. So a lot of talent from 
a small town that I call home. So that kind of gives you an idea of my neck of the woods, uh, where I was born and raised at. Uh, moved to Tennessee after uh, finishing up in, in high school and, and working and getting a job there in Kentucky for a little bit. Moved to Tennessee in 2001. Uh, like I said, I'm 42. Married to my lovely wife, Katie. We got two boys, age 11 and 7. Mike is 11. Chandler is 7. We live outside of Knoxville, Tennessee now. But there's nothing orange about us. Have a lot of fun interactions with the Tennessee fans. A lot of back and forth, a lot of banter, uh, as you would expect. Um, kind of got into the media, the podcasting thing uh, late, maybe you might say. Have to thank Will West, who is the guy down here in Knoxville uh, at the Sports Animal. I met him at a remote one time, and he, I'm like, how do you kind of get into this? How would you get started? He said, dude, just start a blog. So I started a little blog back in the day, uh, writing little articles and, and, and trying to do sports writing that way. Uh, wrote for some various other different websites. Wrote for Bleacher Report, uh, Wildcat Blue Nation, CameronMillsRadio.com for Cameron Mills, former uh, Kentucky Wildcat. Hit the shot, heard around the bluegrass against Duke in 1998. Uh, currently write for JustTheCats.com for Michael Bennett, who has a radio show in uh, Louisville and other affiliates statewide in Kentucky, uh, JustTheCats.com, uh, right there for Michael Bennett. And I also host uh, a podcast and a radio show, Cats Talk Wednesday, on Blog Talk Radio. So if you've heard of that or, or listened there, um, I might mention it as we go forward with this show. I've definitely mentioned the fact that I'm excited to host this show on the Cats Talk Wednesday show that I host with, with Terry Brown each Wednesday evening. So it's a little bit of background about myself. Been able to cover some Kentucky games. Uh, you get a credential through some of the various websites that I've written for. So been able to go, of course, as a fan and then go as credentialed media and you get to wear that hat and be in the press box and get to go to the press conference and, and ask Coach Cal and Mark Stoops questions, which is always uh, fun and interesting and get to see it from that perspective. So just in a roundabout kind of a nutshell, kind of let you know how I've gotten to be here hosting the Believe in Kentucky podcast, which I'm definitely excited and grateful uh, to have that opportunity. Appreciate Carlton Gillespie, uh, Brian Houston-Stam, and everybody else that uh, allowed this to happen, allowed the Believe in Kentucky podcast to become a reality. We're going to have a lot of fun going forward. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, which I'm going to do my best to hope that you do, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. The show will also be available uh, wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, any of those areas, the show will be available. If you're interested in advertising on the show, just go straight to the site at Believe.com. You can follow Believe Podcast Network on Twitter at Believe Podcast, B-L-E-A-V Podcast. 
And you can follow me personally at Vinny Hardy. Vinny with a Y, Hardy with a Y on Twitter. And going forward, if you've got any questions or comments for future episodes, hit me up right there and we'll definitely work them in to the show. I like I mentioned the NFL draft just happened. That's kind of the biggest event in sports right now since COVID-19 has shut the world down, shut the sports world down, and everybody's in wait and see mode as to do we reopen? Do we how do we go about you know restarting normal life? Um, businesses are trying to open in various different states. Uh, high school sports, college sports are looking at uh, how do we go about trying to get a season? Uh, do we still need to just wait? Is the second wave coming? We're just everybody's in wait and see mode because everybody's in uncharted waters on how to handle this situation because it's never happened before. I said I'm I'm a little bit older now. I'm 42, but you know there's older old timers older than myself and you know never seen anything like this. So everybody's trying to figure out how to handle it. People in big higher positions of authority are trying to figure out how to make decisions and, and handle this thing. So um that's kind of where we are. So whenever the seasons do resume, you know, it'll just be gravy. We're still going to be talking about whatever is going on, you know, what little sports you get. Uh, the biggest thing that just happened, like I said, was the NFL draft that just came and went. Uh, I said it in a teaser episode, if you listen to that, you know, when normalcy returns and sports do come back, that'll just be gravy. We're still going to talk about what is happening, what is going on. Other Fun topics, random topics that might be happening in and around the state of Kentucky, in addition to focusing on Kentucky Wildcat sports. The NFL draft this past year, uh, Kentucky goes eight and five. We know how Lynn Bowden learned on the fly and, and took over at the quarterback position due to the injury sustained by Terry Wilson. Uh, Sawyer Smith got banged up as well. They're sitting at two and three after that game against South Carolina. And that was kind of the crossroads. You know, what's going to happen with the season? Five games in and you know, had float on the ropes, weren't able to hang on. Uh, sadly lost Terry, uh, in game two, so you saw that glimmer of, of Lynn Bowden getting in there and, and matriculating the ball down the field, as Hank Stram used to say, against the Gamecocks. And, of course, that was just par for the course for what he did for the rest of the season. You know, leading the SEC in rushing, uh, everybody in the building knew what was coming, still weren't able to stop him. You know, even Georgia in the rain with no threat of passing at all, and he still put up a lot of yards down there. So you saw what Lynn Bowden was able to do. You fast forward to the NFL draft, and, you know, COVID has changed everything. You know, Lynn Bowden did go to the combine, didn't do a lot there. The pro day ends up getting canceled. So, you know, all these teams, you know, traditionally looking to see 
what they normally look for in workouts, that option wasn't there. You had to just rely on, you got it, game tape more so. You don't have a pro day. You don't have him running. You don't have him lifting. Look at the game footage. So you you could see what Lynn did this past season when he got moved to quarterback. Flashback to the year before when he was playing receiver. Look at the full body of work, what he did special teams-wise, as a punt returner, as a kick returner. Look how he changed the game against Missouri on the road in 2018 from a special team standpoint. If he doesn't get that uh, return for a touchdown, Kentucky's not in position to win on the last second play uh, to C.J. Conrad at the end. As they played dreadful the entire game, Lynn Bowden sparked them. He did the same thing special teams-wise. Uh, against Penn State in the Citrus Bowl, so there was still a, a body of work. Uh, you 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 could you didn't have to just rely on the pro day. You do your research, and Lynn Bowden gave you plenty to see that he was versatile and could be uh, a very very important piece for your offense. So it's cool to see him go to the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, John Gruden there is creative. Um, in his second time around, will he be able to have the success he had in his first go-around with the Raiders? That remains to be seen. Ivan was a little bit kind of, uh, when you heard that Mayock and Gruden were saying that they were going to use Lynn Bowden as a running back. I'm like, don't just box him in. But then the more you read into it, you know, they list him as running back, going to use him as running back, but he's going to play that joker position. So doesn't sound like they're boxing him in. They're going to still let him have the opportunity to wear many hats, to still be versatile, to still be able to do a lot of different things to help that offense out. Um, the upstart, you know, franchise their relocation to Vegas, you know, we have some excitement there. Uh, the, the diehard Oakland fans, no doubt, are heartbroken to see them leave. But you have Steve Smith, the Carolina Panthers, saying that out of all the receivers taken, as loaded as that class was at that position, he thinks Lynn Bowden might have the most impact as a rookie. And we're talking about Jerry Judy and, and C.D. Lamb and all these other guys. But Steve Smith, who's played the game at a high level, knows a thing or two about putting up numbers from that wide receiver position. And he's already, you know, high on Lynn Bowden coming out of Kentucky for what he can do for the Raiders and John Gruden. So it was cool to see him go uh, pick number 80 in the draft going to Las Vegas. Same thing, Logan Stenberg, pick number 121, going to the Detroit Lions. Uh, They also got DeAndre Swift. They're looking to recommit to the run game. Matt Patricia, a little bit of hot water, and it hasn't gone well for him up there. Um, Logan Stenberg can maybe be like Larry Warford and, and have a good career. Uh, we saw how nasty he was at Kentucky. Sometimes a little too nasty, getting a lot of flags that uh, maybe he wished that he hadn't got. Um, 
can kind of scale that down a little bit. But he's he's look, he's he's a mauler. He can go up there and make a name for himself for the Lions. I already saw the tweet about how, you know, I'm still can just wear the same blue and, and roll right into Detroit and not even have to change the color of my gear. So congratulations to both of those guys. And this, like I said, was a, a quote down year. You had Lynn and Logan drafted and you had three free agents that we'll get to. So you had five guys still move on from UK to go and start their professional careers in the NFL. Now, compared to 2018, it was a down season. You you have five guys drafted in addition to the free agents coming off of the 10-win season. You know, Josh Allen, Lonnie Johnson, you know, Mike Edwards, all those guys, Benny Snell. So this year, in a quote-unquote down year for Kentucky, you still have Lynn Bowden get drafted, Logan Stenberg get drafted, Calvin Taylor signs a free agent deal with the Steelers. Look how he developed in his time there, 6'9", and how disruptive he ended up being before he left UK. TJ Carter, remember we first kind of saw him come on the scene in the Tax Slayer Bowl against Georgia Tech. He signs a free agent deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Longtime veteran UK D lineman Corey Peters is still out there. And Corey's had a great career. Uh, be cool to see TJ go out there and learn from him. Ahmad Wagner signs a free agent deal with the Chicago Bears. And that one, I you know, I saved that one for last for a reason. The Chicago Bears, look, we still trying to find a quarterback. You know, Jim McMahon played and won a Super Bowl when I was seven. Those 85 Bears. Matt Nagy, offensive mind, bright offensive genius. That front office had a chance to draft Pat Mahomes. They're never going to live that down. Mitch Trubisky out of North Carolina, they, they grabbed him way sooner than they needed to. He was going to be there later if they wanted him they made sure to get him way earlier than they should have and it's been rocky mitch is even you know thin-skinned allegedly turning off the tv in the facility when the commentators are talking about how bad he's playing the talking heads are talking about how he's struggling he's going around turning off tvs not wanting to be uh hearing what is being said about him. The Ahmad Wagner signing by Chicago, that kind of speaks volumes as to maybe where the Bears are. It's, it's sink or swim time for Trubisky. You, I mean, you, you got to hurry up and put up or shut up because your window as a starter is closing, maybe. You know, these kind of moves, if they don't go right, set franchises back. We just saw Jameis Winston, you know, throw for over 5,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, but also 30 picks. He has moved on, but he is now going to be a backup in New Orleans to Drew Brees, which 
may be a blessing in disguise. We saw Teddy Bridgewater go there, and now he's going to be starting in Carolina. So maybe Jameis can go and learn and, and kind of recalibrate as well. A lot of people still feel that he's more talented than Teddy Bridgewater, so that remains to be seen. But you look at Ahmad Wagner, look at what he was doing before Terry Wilson and Sawyer Smith got hurt. Uh, Just physically overpowering opposing DBs, flags, pass interference, you know, the, the guys they either interfered with him or he was out jumping them and high pointing and, and coming down with, with catches on whoever was trying to cover him. It was just, it became commonplace for all those Kentucky fans out there. We know, we saw all the games. We saw, you know, the, the balls get thrown up to Ahmad Wagner. The laundry's coming out. The, uh, I think he drew the P.I. in Missouri that got them down there close at the goal line to go ahead and punch it in when when Terry Wilson hit C.J. Conrad. Ahmad Wagner is a big target. I'm trying to find the tweet that will just highlight that even more. It's um, from Bradley Charles, who is in Stanton, Kentucky. He covers the Bengals for Bluegrass Sports Nation, and he laid it out uh, in great detail. Let's see here. Three or four days ago, yeah, after uh, Ahmad signed with the Bears, he tweeted that the Bears are getting someone with a Calvin Johnson-like frame. Again, this is Bradley Charles. B. Charles, BSN, Bluegrass Sports Network, covers the Bengals. They're in Stanton, just a little bit outside of Lexington. Calvin Johnson's measurables, Megatron, coming out of Georgia Tech, played with the Detroit Lions, 6'5", 237 pounds, wingspan, 6 feet 10 inches, ran the 40 in 4.35. Ahmad Wagner, on the other hand, 6'5", same height, 234 pounds, 3 pounds lighter, exact same wingspan, 16 wingspan for Ahmad, just like Calvin Johnson. Wagner ran the 40 in 4.54, so a couple tens slower in the 40, same size, same wingspan, um, 3 pounds lighter. And for as many mistakes as the Bears have made and where they've kind of botched things up, this screams to me how they feel about Mitch Trubisky. We got to get this kid from Kentucky, Amar Wagner, who showed flashes when he had uh, healthy quarterbacks that were you know, serious throwing threats. So Terry Wilson, pre-injury. Sorry, Smith, pre-injury. We all remember the catch he made against Florida. And like I said, all the pass interferences he drew against opposing corners. The Bears said, we got to go out and get a dude with a huge catch radius. You know, Mitch Trubisky isn't doing all that great from an accuracy standpoint at at hitting dudes my size, 5'8", hitting dudes, you know, Steve Smith and Lynn Bowden's size. Get a dude where... 
you know, to just help Mitch where he can just throw it up somewhere in the zip code of the dude and the receiver can help him out. Amal Wagner is more than capable of doing that. A lot of people think he will make this Bears team as an undrafted free agent. Of course, everybody here in Kentucky is hoping that that's the case. He goes back to Big Ten country, you know, being on the Bears. We saw him come from Iowa uh, where he had played basketball, but still had that relationship with Vince Merrow. Like Vince is that dude. The connections are everywhere. Vince was trying to recruit him before he decided to go to Iowa and opt to play basketball. Uh, they still kept the connection when he finished up and said, okay, I'm, I'm done trying this college basketball thing. He moves and on over to Kentucky and we saw what he was able to do. And, you know, had Terry and Sawyer stayed healthy, imagine what he would have been able to do in the passing game. Once the script got flipped and the running game had to take precedent a lot of Lynn Bowden's success, you, you know, of course, goes to the big blue wall and the entire offensive line. But those receivers, Cleve Ann Thomas, Josh Ali, Ahmad Wagner, busting it down the field and continuing to block. Because Lynn Bowden got a lot of runs, got to the second level a lot, broke off a lot of big runs, and those don't happen without the Ahmad Wagners and the rest of that receiving core staying engaged when they knew a lot of balls weren't going to come their way, staying engaged and continuing to block downfield to help the offense be successful, even though it was unique circumstances uh, that forced Eddie Grand and Darren Henshaw to change the offense on the fly. Again, you know, kind of like the same thing happened with, with, with Steven Johnson. You know, he was more of a passer than Lynn was, but he had to change the offense to fit Steven when you went into the season thinking you had it ready to roll with Drew Barker. So look, imagine if Eddie Grand can get a healthy QB1. I mean, look what he's had to do on the fly. Uh, no time to prepare, just... Who just do what you can and and make it. Look what he's done in survival mode thus far. So let him have a healthy Terry Wilson come back. If we move on to Joey Gatewood here in a little bit, a healthy Joey Gatewood, don't let Eddie Grant have a healthy QB1 for a 12-game season. Look out now. So I'm just saying. NFL draft, congrats to Logan, congrats to Lynn, congrats to the undrafted free agents. You know, a handful of guys in a, quote, down year for Kentucky moving on to start their professional careers. The SEC Network, this just happened earlier today. And, look, I'm an SEC guy. Uh, Was so excited when they launched the network. Uh, in in 2014, 2015 there, when Kentucky kind of christened the SEC Network when they started playing in the Bahamas with Carl Towns and uh, Willie Colley-Stein, Devin Booker, the Harrison Twins. That's what 
initially got the SEC Network going. That was the first thing they broadcast was the Cats down in the Bahamas. Well, earlier today, the SEC Network Twitter account, I don't know if it was a Twitter takeover or if they're going to say they got hacked. You know, during the summer, when things are normal, you know, pre-COVID-19, when college football is over, it's the summertime, you know, Paul Feinbaum will take his vacation for a couple weeks, and you have the SEC takeover. Each of the 14 teams has their own day. It'll be starting at midnight. It'll be all Georgia 24 hours. It'll show Georgia football games. It'll show a Herschel Walker game. It'll show Dominique Wilkins from basketball. Show softball, baseball, football all day long. We've all seen it. You know, 24 hours of team so and so. 24 hours of Kentucky. And it'll show, you know, the Kentucky basketball games. It'll show. Kentucky beating Louisville with Stevie got loose, things of that nature. I don't know if they had some sort of takeover earlier today, but the tweet came out and it was just this compilation of Terry Wilson just, you know, getting tackled for a loss, getting sacked, getting absolutely blasted as he was trying to throw a pass. And that's that's all it was, you know. He getting ran out of bounds, maybe behind the line of scrimmage. Like I said, a TFL, a compilation of that. And this is the SEC network. And so, you know, a lot of the comments, "Hey, delete this. What are you doing?" And it, it was really weird. So, I, you know, you're kind of like, why would they put out something like that? Uh, and I'm not one that just gets you know worked up over every little thing or every slight or perceived slight or you know this or anything like that but it did seem weird and like, I'm not the only one that saw it you know Mark Stoops saw it and a few hours ago he tweeted at the SEC network 12 and 3 as a starter question mark exclamation point question mark keep putting it in reverse at Terry touchdown 3 hashtag bring it so somebody told stoops about it he saw it it was brought to his attention some kind of way because he's like okay y'all y'all go ahead and tweet out this little compilation of 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 terry getting hit terry getting hit for a loss terry getting sacked all these negative plays and you know plays that weren't working out all that well. Go tweet that on out if you want to, SEC Network. I'm going to let you know that I saw it, and then I'm going to let you know that this guy is 12-3 and three as a starter. Hashtag bring it. Terry Wilson, we all saw him running in the zero-gravity treadmill the other day. Um, rehab going along very nicely. The work that he's had to do and the staff has had to do to make sure that his leg, the, the muscle is still there, that you don't have the atrophy setting in where you're not able to use the quad with the type of injury that he had. Um, that process to make sure that he's definitely on his way to being back and being back right. Uh, an hour or so after Mark Stoops tweets at the SEC Network, Terry Wilson tweets, 
Y'all wait and see what happens when I touch that field again. Trust me. And a lot of times you'll see maybe you know people coming back from injury take a while to have confidence in it. You know, do, do I do, am I able to cut? Do I make this move now? Can I take this hit? Terry is feeling confident. He's excited. He's jumping at the bit. Uh, this tweet is evidence of that. You got to love Coach Stoops having his back. And this team kind of thrives on that chip-on-their-shoulder type motivation stuff anyway. Remember when everybody laughed at Kentucky when they put you know, the, the national championship in the playoff up in the weight room. They had those pictures posted uh, at the facility. And then, lo and behold, they go and have a 10-win season. And there, when the playoff results come out, there Kentucky is every week in the college football playoff mix when people were laughing and clowning them and uh, like, what are y'all doing? You know, seriously, Kentucky. But this is just one more little nugget, one more little uh, ember to throw on that underdog type fire that Kentucky has. When the next scheduled SEC event takes place, which will be media days whenever that happens this summer. Where will Kentucky get picked? Will it be fifth or sixth again like they generally always are? They'd be picked behind South Carolina again like they generally always are. Team that they've beaten, you know, five out of six years. Um, and you would have liked their chances last year. But, you know, you can't make excuses, but their quarterback situation was kind of dire in Columbia. Um, Had Lynn Bowden been QB1 for the entire game? Who knows? But, you know, five out of six, Kentucky is controlling the rivalry. And we talked to South Carolina people, and that's just, they're still having trouble processing that, uh, still having trouble wrapping their heads around that. Uh, talked to a lady that covered South Carolina on uh, the Cats Talk Wednesday show that I mentioned, uh, and they still that's not sitting well with game cognition. That, that that Kentucky has just flipped the script on the rivalry. That is, uh, it's just not being processed well down there. And you know, there's a good chance that that could continue when. Play resumes and the game cops come to Lexington again. You know, got to like Kentucky's chances. Um, got to like how they've loaded up and continue to acquire talent. Uh, the defensive talent is just ridiculous. Um, get Terry back healthy. Uh, the stable of running backs is, is you know, Cavassi Smoke and Chris Rodriguez and all those guys. Uh, it's it's just crazy to see how much better the talent is now since Mark Stoops has taken over. You know, recruiting like people my age have never seen before. So get the COVID under control and get things safe for students to return to campus and teams to return to locker rooms and practice fields. Uh, It will be fun to see when it does uh, eventually get to play itself out on the field once again. I'm not a huge 
recruiting guy per se. Um, they'll definitely have some cool guests on here, some experts that cover recruiting, uh, every nook and cranny of it. Um, but for me personally, am I totally uh, clued in on who they're offering, who Kentucky's offering for 2023 and 2022? And No, I'm not. Um, but we'll dip, I'll dip my toe in it here on this show and have some recruiting guests on here who are clued in to uh, all the comings and goings for kids in the future. We'll definitely do that. Um, but right now, Kentucky, from the basketball standpoint, looking for some big guys, looking for some size. Um, some who follow recruiting closely might be even kind of worried, kind of panicking. We've seen some names and, and thought some grad transfers were about to become part of the team some some big men i'm talking about you know davion mintz is already transferred in that's another six three guard you saw that one kind of come in when emmanuel quickly uh, remained in the draft but right now the roster is is guard heavy and a lot of guys are like six seven and you know keon brooks is uh the veteran as far as being in kentucky uh, the longest. Um, Matt Harms's name, it looked like he was coming. He was 7'3". He wanted to showcase his skills to the NBA. Looked like it was going to be a fit. Turns out that it, that wasn't the case. He goes to BYU to play for former cat Mark Pope, who's on the 96 championship team. Uh, you heard the name Marcus Santos Silva out of VCU. Yeah, he was 6'7". There we go, 6'7 again. But a wide body of a banger, experienced player. Kind of heard rumors that he might be coming. Maybe he might be the next grad transfer. He goes on to Texas Tech, which was the other school on Matt Harms' list. You know, he had BYU, Texas Tech, and Kentucky. So Harms goes to BYU. Santos Silva goes to Texas Tech. Look, or maybe some panicking. Where's the big man going to be? Who's going to protect the rim? Somebody is going to be coming. You know, we we saw this with Reed Travis. We saw this with Nate Sestina. Uh, there's some 6'10", 6'11", kid that will eventually be at Big Blue Madness and has no idea that he's going to be at Big Blue Madness right now. Um but Cal, Coach Justice, Coach Payne, the, the staff will work it out to have somebody there to fill the role of the bigs. You flash back to last season, and I mean, I wasn't panicking, but if 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 I had a concern going into this past season, they were thin at the center position. You, know, you had Nick Richards, you had E.J. Montgomery, you had Nate Sestina, who just transferred in, who, you know, we were worried who was going to be there before you realized, well, you got to keep from Bucknell coming in. Nick Richards was going into his junior year, his first two seasons. Um, he just hadn't been able to put it all together. 
Nick Richards goes out and is in the running for SEC Player of the Year for most of last season. Emmanuel quickly ends up winning it, but Nick Richards, you know, the double-doubles, he started having them early in the season against the smaller teams. You're like, okay, we saw this before. But then he started sustaining it. He kept it going. Uh, he started hitting 15-footers. He started... Um, you could see that instead of him just trying to think and, and react and uh, what I should do, what do I do, he was instinctively just naturally doing it. You saw kind of the light bulb go off for Nick Richards, who you know started playing the game late, but it all kind of came together for him. The phone call with Patrick Ewing, putting in the constant work, uh, help from his girlfriend Leah Edmonds, from confidence standpoint, you saw it all click. But before the season started, we're all wondering, what's going to happen with the big man? Because you hadn't seen Nick do that. So you're like, "Eh, we can't count on that from Nick because we haven't seen that from Nick. And it turns out he had a solid year. Stina was up and down. EJ was up and down. The lasting memory of EJ would be that tip-in against Florida to win the game down in Gainesville. So now we fast-forward to this year even thinner at the five spot, but you don't know who it's going to be or where it's going to be, but if somebody's going to end up playing there, they're going to work some magic, get a grad transfer and get somebody in there to provide a little size and a little book. So it turns out it wasn't Matt Harms. It wasn't Marco Santos Silva. Now kind of all eyes are turning to uh, Frank Anselm. He was reclassified. Kentucky is wanting him uh, very badly. He's out of Sewanee, Georgia. Raw. Uh, that if he does come, he might not play a lot as a freshman, but you kind of kind of work with him and kind of build. And like, a couple years down the road, you got yourself a player. You know, same thing with Jacob Toppin. Uh, he's not OB coming in right now. He's not going to be player of the year. Got to work and get some more developing from these guys. And you kind of, maybe they're building for the future. And more long term with these two guys coming in. So um, maybe they're changing their approach, how they do it. Kentucky is going to eat regardless of how the circumstances are changing. You know, the G League is trying to become a legit thing and get some players and does it stink for college? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're not going to be thrilled about that, but you, you know, the NBA can do what it wants. They can try to boost the league that they've had for a long time. That hasn't been that great if they want. Um, so Cal and the staff will just have to adjust, which they will. Uh, if the top five or 10 or however many start going the G League route. Kentucky will eat from what's available. They'll adjust and adapt. Uh, He'll still try to kind of be ahead of the curve as he's been for most of his time at Kentucky. So, um, like I said, I'm not a huge recruiting guy. I'm not looking two or three years down the road. Uh, I'm not panicked because there's no big man on the roster now. It's going to work itself out. Uh, is what I've 
rambled and just tried to say here in a long roundabout way. But you know, the SEC network was tripping. Kentucky's going to be fine as far as centers go. Congrats to Logan and Lynn on the NFL draft. So uh, appreciate everybody taking the time to check out the initial episode of the Believe in Kentucky podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. It'll be available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. Go straight to the site at Believe.com. Follow at Believe Podcast. For the debut episode of the Believe in Kentucky Podcast, my name is Vinny Hardy. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Looking forward to doing this. Looking forward to having some guests. We're going to have some fun with it, BBN. Appreciate y'all checking it out. Hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you next time on the Believe in Kentucky Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.